And we are back. Welcome back to another episode of the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse. On this podcast, we're going to talk about Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball. Now we are in college basketball mode. And your Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball team, they're off to a great start in conference play. Now with UC moving on to the Big 12, the Big 12 is... Probably, well, it is the best college basketball conference in the country. And with UC transitioning from the American to the Big 12, the competition level is going to be 20 times better than it was in the American Athletic Conference. So when UC was officially, officially invited into the Big 12 for good, I was so excited, not only for college football, but more importantly, college basketball, because as a lifelong Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball fan, I have endured Conference USA play, I endured the tough Big East play, and I endured, unfortunately, the American Athletic Conference. And with the American Athletic Conference, you have your top four teams, and then you have the bottom feeders. And honestly, when you see play those teams like East Carolina, Tulane, who am I missing, South Florida... And it just felt like those games didn't really mean a lot. But UC had to win those games because if they would have lost those games, their NCAA tournament chances are on the brink because those are bad losses. Now, transitioning now into the Big 12, every game, every Big 12 game is an NCAA tournament game for the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball team. And I love it. And I love it. So, last Saturday, UC went into Provol, Utah to take on the BYU Cougars. Come into the game, BYU was ranked number 12 with a 12-1 record. And BYU, the first 13 games of the college basketball season, had the best, well, they probably still have the best offense in college basketball. Averaging 90 points a game, shooting a lot of three-pointers. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still getting over my sickness. So if I do cough during this podcast, I do apologize. But you know what? The grind don't stop. But BYU, a really a team that was picked to finish, I believe, between 10th and number 13 in the Big 12 coming into the, the season with the preseason rankings. And so far, they've exceeded the expectations. And that's why some of the people that do pick these preseason rankings for conference play or the reason why they're just experts. And I put quotes on experts. So BYU, I knew that this was going to be a tough game for UC. And honestly, the first six games of conference play for UC, it's it's a gauntlet. And I didn't expect them to beat BYU. And in the first half of this game last Saturday, UC was letting BYU guard Trevor Nell Looked like Steph Curry. This guy was hitting three-pointers after three-pointers. This man had seven three-pointers in the first half. But it was UC's defense that kept their team in the game. UC only trailed at halftime 31-24. to And I was like, wow, you hold BYU's prolific offense to only 31 points in the first half? Their season low of any half. Of the season, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're only down seven. 
Let's hope UC can get more offense in the second half. And boy, did they dead. And you know who was the person that was a spark plug for UC in the second half? Not only by freshman guard Jizzle James, who is the son of NFL running back Hall of Fame legend Edrin James. Jizzle James had 12 points off the bench. 12 points as a freshman. 4-7 from shooting from the field and one three-pointer, and he was 3-for-3 three three from the free throw line. Jizzle James provided the spark that UC needed in the second half against BYU. UC scored 47 points in the second half. BYU only scored 29. And <clears throat> there was a stretch in the game where Trevor Nell, BYU's prolific shooter, was out of game for about, I think, eight minutes. And he wasn't in foul trouble. But BYU has, head coach Mark Poole said after the game that they wanted to give Trevor Nell rest in order for him to be fresh in the last five minutes of the game. But UC took advantage of him being on the bench. And the offense looked way better. And you look at the numbers. Victor Lockett has 17 points. Dan Skillings Jr. had 10 points. Aziz Badengo coming off the bench had 12 points and 11 rebounds. A double-double. I thought John Newman played a really good second half in this game as well. He had 8 points, 5 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block. Overall, good game. Even though UC did turn the ball over 19 times, BYU turned the ball over 18 times, it was UC's defense. And if you're new to this podcast or if you don't know the culture background of Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball, UC basketball, they pride themselves in playing physical, man-to-man defense, rebound the ball. And Wes Miller has always said that He wants this team to be a defensive-focused team first. And he's got that from the Mick Cronin era and the Bob Huggins era. That's always been Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball. Playing defense, rebounding, and then the offense will take care of itself. I believe this UC Bearcats offense is really good. They have the potential to be really good. They have moments where it's like, whoa, this team can score a lot of points. But they have moments where they just take too many threes. Or they're a little bit too fast when it comes to the offense. And that's how they turn the ball over a lot. That's why you see the turnover number is such at a high rate for this team. But I think we can be okay with the turnovers as long as this team is scoring points. Right? So I just hope that's for the case for this team as they get deep into conference play. But what a win for the Bearcats. Final score, UC 71 BYU 60, it was UC's first road win over a top 15 team since, um, I believe it was 2018, yes, when they beat Wichita State. Remember that game when UC was taking on Wichita State in the last regular season game of the year, and the winner of that game was going to win the regular season conference title, and UC won that game in a nail-biter so, yeah, what a what a victory by the Bearcats. I was not expecting them to win this game. And it's not that I didn't think this team it, that had, it wasn't capable of. 
it was just that BYU's offense was just really good coming into this game. But I think West Miller and company definitely set the tone in the first half with their defense. Even though they only scored 24 points in the first half, they were, they were able to hold BYU to only 31 points. And that's why they were still in the game. Now, BYU, <clears throat> they did take 46 three-point attempts and made 13. Half of those was by Trevor Nell, who ended up the game with nine three-pointers and a game-high 27 points. But it didn't matter. UC gets the W. First Big 12 win in history. And you get it on the road against a top 12 opponent. Well done, West Mill and company. You deserve a standing ovation for that. You really do. All right. Now let's move on to UC's First Big 12 home game, and they took on the number 25 team in the nation in the Texas Longhorns on Tuesday night from Fifth Third Arena. By the way, if you were watching that game, what a great game. What a great game that was. And like I said in the beginning, it feels so good. Not to play East Carolina or South Florida on a random Tuesday, Wednesday night in January. The fact that UC gets to be in this conference, this powerhouse conference, and that every game matters, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. And Texas coming into Fifth Third Arena, it was such a loud environment, sold out crowd. And it was just great college basketball. It really was. So Texas, they're big, man. And um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but it was Dylan DeSeuss. I think I got that right. So <clears throat> this man dropped 33 points on UC on Tuesday night. 33 points on 13 for 23 shooting. He was just unstoppable, and on the broadcast, they're talking about how he's a NBA draft prospect player. Well, he proved it in this game for sure, and I know a lot of NBA scouts were watching this game, and DeSeuss definitely put his name on his map, definitely in this game. <clears throat> so with all that, UC only trailed 41-39 at the half. Second half, it was just back and forth. Leads being exchanged, so many lead changes, and the Bearcats, Simas Lukosius had 12 points. I believe not 12 points. I think he had 14 points in the second half. He led the team with 19 points, and Victor Lockin has 17 points. Even though Jizzle James only had four points off the bench, when UC needed a basket and when Jizzle James got back on the floor, it was an instant plus for UC. No disrespect to Day-Day Thomas. No disrespect at all. I think the reason why Wes plays Day-Day a lot because he is a great defender. Don't get me wrong. But this man does turn the ball over and this man does take some questionable shots, to say the least. And Day-Day Thomas was only one for seven for two points in this game. 
He played 26 minutes. Jizzle James played 15 minutes. And I don't think that's enough minutes for Jizzle James. And I firmly believe that Jizzle James should be the starting point guard for this team. I think that Wes is just trying to ease him more into the rotation. And sooner or later, you're going to get deep into conference play where... There's going to be games where you need to win in order to potentially solidify your your position in the NCAA tournament. So I think that if Jizzle James is that player that provides the team with the offensive spark, you got to start him. You have to. I don't care if he's a freshman. He takes shots where it looks like, what are you doing? Fading away, but... He trusts himself. He's just a freshman out there. He doesn't care. He he's, he believes himself. So I really hope, I really hope Wes does make that decision. I really do. So as you look at the lineup, it went Badango, Lockin, Newman, the third, Lacocious, and Thomas. Now you don't see Dan Skinley's Jr. starting because he came off the bench in this game. He has seven points. He, he did play. 22 minutes. He did have a posterized dunk on a Texas player. I really like Dan. I really do like Dan. I think Dan has potential to be a really good player. A player that can definitely win. He can get like conference, like first team, second team, third team honors. He He's that type of player. But for the reason why Dan Skillings Jr. struggles is that I think he plays the game a little bit too fast and that's why he gets... He he makes erratic turnovers, and some of his shot making or his shot selection aren't the best. So this is his sophomore year, and we expect him to make that jump into continuing bettering himself as a player. And I hope that that will still be the case for Dan. But I think right now, I think maybe Wes is just probably that's going to put him into like the bench rotation, and then let's hope that he can continue to just get better and hopefully he can make his way back into the starting lineup but this game had everything and CMUS had back-to-back fadeaway clutch shots and it's just that that was just a great college basketball game I mean it just felt like old times where UC basketball was relevant and they were playing a ranked team at home and the crowd was on fire that's the type of environment that I really really solely miss while watching Bearcats basketball. So with UC up 73-72, to 72, with about 24 seconds left, John Newman III was on, was on the free throw line with a one-on-one. He missed, and then Texas gets the ball, and they wind down the clock, and then Max, was it Admis? I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. Maybe I'm pronouncing that right. He hit the winning shot with about four seconds left, and then the Bearcats got the ball. They did have one timeout, but West decided not to take the timeout. Seamus Lucas had a shot look, and he missed it. Ball game. Texas wins 74-73. Heartbreaking loss for the Bearcats. Uh, I think, you know, you look at it, the Bearcats, unfortunately, were 8 for 15 from the free throw line. I don't know why my laptop's acting up like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Bearcats were 8 for 15 from the free throw line. So free throws are free. 
It's free. You got to make those. And I don't want John Newman III to be beating himself down because he missed the one and one That's not the reason why the Bearcats lost. The Bearcats didn't get stops down the stretch, especially they had two opportunities to get stops down the stretch, and it didn't capitalize on that. And then when UC got the ball and Victor Locken took a three-point attempt that looked like it was like a hero shot type of play where he took the shot with 26 seconds on <clears throat> the shot clock. It's like, no. I wish at that moment the Bearcats would have just waste time and then get off a better shot look than that. Because that was just a hero shot. That was a shot where the Bearcats were looking for the quote-unquote dagger shot. So that was unfortunate that they rushed that. So, yeah. And then I didn't talk about Jameer Reynolds coming off the bench. Jameer Reynolds, you know, finally, finally the NCAA saying, okay, you can play now. He had 11 points, three rebounds, two blocks. This man... Play like a beast down low. He was 5 of 6 from the field. I like Jameer Reynolds. Jameer Reynolds was a former Temple Owl play, so he did play a lot when the Bearcats did play Temple in the American Athletic Conference. Jameer's a dog. Jameer really is a dog, and looking forward to seeing him play throughout the season because he can definitely make a difference on this team. But tough loss right there. Ah, The Bearcats really needed that game. It's not a bad loss, but man, it's like you gotta, you had to win that game. You had to because you start this, you start this brutal stretch of games two and zero. It's a big difference. Now one and one's not bad, but uh two and zero sounds a whole lot better. It really does. So let's see. The Bearcats' next game will be Saturday, Saturday night, as they go on the road to take on the Baylor Bears, who are ranked number... Hold on. They're ranked number 14th, and the game is on ESPN. That's an 8 o'clock tip-off. So far, Baylor is 13-2 on the season, and they are 2-0 in conference play. They defeated BYU at home this past week. And right now, every game means something. And I know it's probably too late. Oh, not too late. Is it too early to talk about bracketology? And if you guys don't know what bracketology is, is that if you do follow ESPN or do have an ESPN cow, Joe Lenardi, he's the guy that pretty much does the NSA tournament brackets. He pretty much predicts like who's going to be in the 68-team field of the NCAA tournament. And he updated this on January the 9th. And right now, he has UC as the last four buys. So pretty much they're on the bubble, but they're on the good side on the last four buys. And even though UC lost to Texas, I still see that he probably will still have UC in the bubble or still firmly in the NCAA tournament. But if UC can somehow beat Xavier, not Xavier, they can somehow beat Baylor on Saturday, then they'll still be in the NCAA tournament field. So it's crazy. It's crazy now that we're talking about NCAA tournament and bracketology in the second week of January of college basketball. I love it. I love it. 
Right now, Joe Lanani has UC as the 10th seed playing the 7th seed Villanova Wildcats in Charlotte. And then the winner will play 2 seed North Carolina versus 15 seed Drexel. And right now, he has eight teams from the Big 12 making the tournament, eight teams from the SEC making the tournament, and six teams, six teams from the Big 10 making the tournament, and six teams from the Big East making the field of 68 as well. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this college basketball season. These next two months are going to be great, and I'm I will definitely be putting out more Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball podcast content on here. And it's going to be a fun, 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 just a fun next two months watching Big 12 play, watching really just competitive basketball at the highest level. And I said this two years ago on the podcast that year three of Wes Miller, that's where you can judge him. And we're officially in year three and on a new conference. And this team is, this is a good team. This team has talent. There's, there, that's not my concern with the talent. It's about playing good, playing consistent basketball, and executing right. And I just hope that West figure out a rotation that will work instead of just like, just Game by game, switching lineups, switching rotations. I want a rotation and lineup that is going to be consistent throughout the whole season. Now, you can't control what's going to happen with injuries and bad basketball by potential players. You know, you can't control that. But I just hope that Wes Miller has. I, I say once we get into the middle of February, I really hope that we see a lineup that is going to be the same lineup throughout the season and as we get into postseason play. And I really hope that for the case for West Miller and company. So you guys better watch UC basketball this year. You better watch a lot of games because it's going to be high, high intensity games. And I'm just going to be sweating bullets watching these games. But I'm excited because I haven't had this feeling in a while where I'm like, okay, UC can actually make the NCAA tournament. This team, if you look at it, they should be two of them Big 12 play. Unfortunately, not. But I believe that nine, ten wins in this conference gets you in the NCAA tournament. I firmly believe that. So it's going to be tough, but UC has to beat the teams in this conference that is like not... Not as good, so you have to get those wins, but you have to beat the teams that are really good in order to like just continue to boost your NCAA tournament resume. That's what the committee is going to look for. I do not want to be sweating on Selection Sunday and see that UC is going to be like the final, like last four in teams or all that stuff. I That's, that's going to just gonna make me just be like, oh my goodness, I have to watch other team plays, I have to look at RPIs, Ken Palm, all those nice, juicy stuff that I don't like at all. I, I don't want to be doing that on Selection Sunday. I want to be at peace knowing that, you know what, you see that everything they can and dude. And now I don't have to sweat out Selection Sunday. I just want to know where UC is going to be playing and what seed they're going to be. And hopefully they get a reasonable draw in that region they're going to be placed in. So, yeah, looking forward to it. 
All right, guys, I am out. You guys have a great weekend and stay safe out there. Don't get sick like I've been sick all week. But, you know, the grind don't stop here on this podcast. Appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. As always, if you all listen to this podcast on Spotify, give it a five-star rating. I greatly appreciate it. And we're only going up here in 2024. It's going to be a good year for Cincinnati sports. I really believe it's going to be. So love you guys. Peace. And I am out.